1: I haven't done that before. This is Dennis and Julie.
2: Shalom.
1: For the gender confused, I'm Dennis, and this is Julie. Dennis Prager and Julie Hartman. What number is this? You told me a number
2: six, right?
1: You, you even you have to admit it. That's a lot. It is. It's hard to believe, in other words.
2: And we haven't missed one since we launched in March of 2022. We haven't. Nope, haven't missed one. With
1: all our travels.
2: With all of your travels, especially.
1: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Sometimes it's me, but mostly it's uh, you. Yes, right, exactly. You and I were on my show. I often invite you for the third hour of my radio show. And a subject that is now... Transfixed me. Does that happen to you? I'll bet it does. All of a sudden a an idea kidnaps you.
2: Oh yes. Oh, of course. And
1: then I dissect it to death until I really feel I understand it. So it it arose with this woman who wrote this wonderful book. Was it the end the end of The End of the Woman? woman. How
2: smashing the patriarchy has
1: hurt us all hurt us or something. Something to that effect. Set us back. And then you and I, after she hung up or after I said goodbye to her, we got into a discussion and it so has riveted me since that happened, but partially in the past. But, you know, you mull over an idea over time and then all of a sudden it all comes together. Mm-hmm. So I asked you a question and you had to as often you do a terrific answer why is being a mom and wife almost a nightmare for many on the left barefoot and pregnant is the is the way they put it down a
2: term i learned on this show That's thanks right, to is, you
1: well no but it is interesting that that it is the term seems to have died i guess in in your generation but that, yes, that's that's what it is. I'm accused of that all the time. Oh, Prager wants women barefoot and pregnant. No. By the way, I never understood the barefoot part. Do you? Where does the barefoot part I think come?
2: it's that you're at home. You're, you're, so you don't, yeah, you, so okay, you don't need to wear okay, shoes. Yeah, okay. so you're cooking and cleaning right, and right. chasing children.
1: As opposed to Prager wants women uh, to uh, go into sales or into engineering or... or-
2: by the way, if I might, I have a great response to that. Whenever Dennis is accused of dog whistling to racists, right? I Dennis brings up something that I told him, which is that when I worked for Dennis two summers ago, one of the things that I helped him with was was going through your mail, going through his mail, <laughs> switching the pronouns here. I'm um, going going through Dennis's mail because he gets such a huge volume of emails, and and you know I want to flag the most important ones for you and i said to you and you repeated on the air that in all of my hours going through your inbox i never saw a racist email that's actually pretty amazing because you're a public figure even if you're a public figure on the left if you're just a public figure you invite crazy sometimes you know outlandish thinking people so it's actually kind of remarkable given your stature that you haven't gotten a racist email uh, you've gotten some crazy emails, but never racist. And I said to you, if you were this bigot who dog whistled constantly, don't you think that all these people who would be receiving the dog whistles would write to you, like, good job on that dog whistle? That's one of the things I brought up. in the second one I want to tell you now, and it has to do with this barefoot and pregnant issue. I got an email once from a hater of you and of me saying you know, you're you're working with and for this this guy who wants to see women in the home and, you know, d- doesn't think that women have any utility besides being domestic workers. And I wrote back to this guy, if Dennis Prager so badly wants women in the home, why has he done and continues to do so much to elevate my career? Why does he have me Did on? Did you the-
1: get an answer?
2: No. Didn't get an answer. Why does he yeah. have me guest host his radio show, go on the third hour of his program, he does a, show, a podcast with me, you're so overwhelmingly supportive, you know, when, anytime I need to bounce ideas off of you. If you really thought that was my only utility, why would you go to such great efforts to help me in my public life?
1: A so lot, use, a lot use that of comments. one on the air. A, Yes, a lot of comments. First of all, on the last question I posed to you, I almost never receive a response when yes. I respond to uh, hate mail.
2: I have found that too, with hate mail that I respond because to. Because they, they have respond. no, they have yeah, no they're response. They're cowards.
1: Yeah. Your question seems to be legitimate. If that's where I want women, why, why aren't I, at the very least, just pushing you to get married and have children? Is there? Is there an easy, easy, bit difference of how I would treat a man in your capacity? The answer is no. I mean, I'm sorry, do you, do you think you no, would No, I thought be? you were
2: asking me. I was yeah, confused. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Of course not. I mean, you see it. You see the proof. Larry Elder, Carl Jackson. I mean, you've yeah. you've really helped, you know, identify no, no, no. people it, and
1: it, encourage them. Yes, I, it, it doesn't even occur to me. Julie is a female, and therefore I won't promote her. Nope. <laughs> I know and the absurdities of it.
2: And by the way this is a, this is a little off topic but welcome to Dennis and Julie. And I I think it's interesting. There was this people in college I remember would ridicule and lampoon this idea that you that when you know when people say I'm not racist I have black friends. Yeah. A lot of leftists would ridicule that, like, oh, my gosh, you know, white people or conservatives, the way that they absolve themselves of the charge of racism is to say that they have black friends. And they would laugh at it like it was so absurd. I don't think that's absurd at all. I mean, if you have black friends, clearly you're not a racist. I don't think that's something to – to. Ri- I, I never understood why the left thought that was the most ridiculous thing. If If you – Again, if you're friends with black people, if you treat black people well, in your case, if you, you know, you're, you've elevated Larry Elder, Carl Jackson, doesn't that mean something? If you were if you were racist, you wouldn't do any of that. It, I don't get I don't get that. So your actions in your own lives don't count. The, the
1: definition of racism is non-leftist. Yes, that's the. It has nothing to do with race. You're a racist if you're not a leftist.
2: Well, you have this brilliant line, among many, where you say that the left cares about your thought, and
1: that's right.
2: The left cares about your thought and Mm -hmm. what positions you claim you have. The right cares about your actions. That's why when you say, you know, when you present to the left and all this is true, you know, I've, you know, I'm the godfather of of a gay couple's child. You know, I treat gay people extremely well many gay people work at you. I have gay friends. Dave Rubin being one of your closest friends. It means nothing to them because they care, again, more about thought and public positions than about your That's behavior. That's
1: why it's totalitarian. That's the way they are in North Korea. You can't think ill of Kim. You, mm-hmm. that That is a crime. The people are taught how you think is a crime. When you Religious people, usually it's Christian, but sometimes it's religious Jews, differ with me on my preoccupation with behavior over thought. Part of it is, it is totalitarian to measure people's thoughts.
2: Oh yes, I mean, we're seeing I was just reading you know i'm I'm really interested in China, and I was reading this article that they have cameras on the street, and they, they you know they use Apple watches to track people's heartbeats. and if you have a heartbeat that's a little that's going a little faster than your than your usual, they they use that as grounds to accuse you of having impure thoughts about the regime. Really?
1: Yes. Impure thoughts. It's did we did we ever do thoughts versus actions? As, a, as a we we, we
2: dabbled in it, I think a few episodes ago at the end, but we didn't do a. And by the way, I just I don't want you to forget the the genesis of this conversation was the excitement issue. Yeah. So <laughs> just just wanted to keep track of. All yeah,
1: we'll get back to that hopefully.
2: Where we started.
1: There's there's so much already on the table.
2: No, I should write it the, down. The,
1: uh, I was reacting to something you said, and I began with the last. I, oh, yes. Well, it was about my mail. Yeah. And if I was a racist, why didn't any racist ever write to me? Such a good question. If it's dog whistles, <laughs> where are all the dogs responding? But as I said, racist means non leftist. Yep. The thought, the th- look—we could do the whole hour on the thought. Uh, I did an hour with Eric Metaxas, one of the wonderful people of our time and a, and a committed Christian. And to his great credit, because he's Eric Metaxas, he really listened to what I had to say, mm. and he he said it was very thought provoking to him. It is it is doctrinal to most Christians that thoughts can be sins and I, I I respect their view and I understand where it comes from and my answer if it leads to sinful behavior it's a sin but if it doesn't lead to sinful behavior then I don't think it's a sin and they differ they, they and I respect it and by the way believe it or not I always say, maybe they're right. I often say this about people I differ with. Maybe they're right. It's a very big help if people do that. My view is that leaving the mind more or less alone and just controlling your behavior Mm -hmm. is more likely to produce goodness, which is what I'm preoccupied with, than monitoring your mind. Mm, so, yes, well. See, if I know I can't do X, even if I think X, the odds are I won't do X. So they'll say, ah, but if you didn't think it in the first place, you certainly wouldn't do it. That's the response. But it's funny. I... I ask a, a lot of questions about that. For example, if bad thoughts are bad, are good thoughts good? But nobody makes that case.
2: That's that because
1: the amount of evil that's come from good intentions is gigantic. Hmm. It, and 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 all the good people who don't do good—they think about it, but they don't do it.
2: She, it does
1: that? So forgive me. No, they... Yeah, does it, it's that really count?
2: Powerful. What you're saying. Yes.
1: If bad thoughts without bad action counts, then why don't good thoughts without good action count?
2: This is so quintessentially you, this this way of thinking. I'm pointing that out because I endeavor to have as clear and robust a mind as yours. So I sometimes... Uh, surveil almost your your ways of thinking and you you really do consider everything that is an exceptionally well argued point yes i should you get credit for every good thought that you have i i bet a lot of christians would say no you only get th- you only get credit if you you know if i'm thinking i would love oh god wouldn't it be nice if i built some homes for some needy families or or went and volunteered at a soup kitchen or oh i feel so bad for those families oh i wish them all the best does that count or does it count if only if i go and walk the walk really really that's very 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 powerful
1: if you don't get credit for good thoughts that are unrealized why do you get blamed for bad thoughts that are unrealized
2: yes yes and also if you just look at this issue from a outcome point of view, I think it really backfires if you police thoughts too much. I think it actually makes people more likely to do the bad or evil thing that they're. Well, that's a about very interesting question. If They're made I, to feel I, yeah. so awful.
1: I, I am agnostic on that one. I don't know the answer. But a case can be made for it. That that I will say. So I think about that. So my view is if I know I just won't do something. It frees my mind to to go in its in all directions. It, 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 I don't I only police my mind really in one arena, and that is the tenth commandment do not covet. Mm. which is the only one of thought in the Ten Commandments, and it's the only one of thought, I believe, in the 613 laws of the Torah. They're all action. And what does covet mean? Do not yearn to steal what belongs to another. His house, his spouse, his donkey, his servant. Hey, By the way, that's my proof. It can't be lust. It's not lust. It's not a, a law against lust. It's a law against coveting. Which, by the way, I'm convinced Jesus used the word covet, not lust, which is another, I won't get into that, but it's an important thing for Christians to hear. So I I agree. If if you should say to yourself, uh, I got to get my mind out of this idea that I'm going to take away what belongs to my neighbor. But beyond that,
2: so why do you think that is the one thought that is, quote, unquote, policed in the tour? Because The more
1: you think that I want to take away something, the more you're likely to do it. So they'll say the same thing about lust? Right. Yes, or murder they, or, yes, or right. cheating yeah. or whatever. Yeah. That's why it's a very complex subject.
2: So, do you think it is true that, with regard to wanting to take away something from others, if you think that more, you're more likely to do it, and it's not as likely if you think about, for instance, murdering that you'll be likely to do it? Does that question make well, sense? Well,
1: murder. It's so, murder really is taking away something that belongs to another. I mean, it's true. Life. I-
2: I'm trying to say, but, do you yeah. think that thought, right. the covet thought above other malignant thoughts, is one that you really will be more likely to do if you don't prevent yourself from thinking about it? I don't
1: know. I've never thought about murdering anybody. I can't answer that. It's an interesting question. Well, are men... Here's the... Look, here's where the rubber hits the road. Are men who allow themselves lustful feelings in the course of any given day, okay? Especially at a beach. Okay, let's be very open here. Uh, Are they more likely... Less likely or just as likely to com to commit adultery as men who don't allow themselves a lustful thought, I don't know the answer
2: I would bet that they are less likely interesting I don't know if this is going to make sense, but on a personal note your your hypothesis or your arguments I should say about thoughts versus actions have really helped and liberated me because I used to I, I never encountered an argument such as yours that you are allowed to have bad thoughts as loud as long as you don't act on them or you shouldn't feel bad about them and I guess the the proof that I can give that it's better to be okay with your bad thoughts is that I've I've just seen it in my own life and this is I'm bringing up my my parents and I'm making a note because I know they watch. I have a great relationship with my parents. I love my parents. But I'm 23 years old and you sometimes you clash with your parents and they clash with you. You know, it's it's natural. And sometimes when I would feel annoyed at my parents um, or resentful, something that they said or did, I would get very mad at myself. And I would go, Julie, you're such a spoiled brat to have that thought. They do so much for you. They've created such a loving home for you. They're so supportive of you. Why are you, why are you thinking this? You're awful. And... I don't have a – I can't identify what the exact reason is, but I can just tell you the the outcome. When I stopped policing my thoughts, when I allowed myself to have those thoughts and I told myself two things can be true at once, you can have a bad thought about your parent and also be extremely grateful to them, for them and and to them, I found that I was less likely to be rude with them. I, I found I actually behaved better because I focused way more on actions, and I told I told myself, "Don't police yourself for these bad thoughts." You, you're sort of like the trade-off for not policing yourself for these bad thoughts is that you behave well. I'll grant you these these thoughts as long as you treat them kindly, and that's what I've done. And I notice I'm less rude, I'm less snippy and snappy, and it's just helped. Gold dealers are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. What sets these companies apart and who can you really trust? This is Julie Hartman for AmFed Coin & Bullion, Dennis's choice for buying precious metals. When you buy precious metals, it's imperative that you buy from a trustworthy and transparent dealer that protects your best interests. So many companies use gimmicks to take advantage of inexperienced gold and silver buyers. Be cautious of brokers offering free gold and silver or brokers that want to sell you overpriced collectible coins, claiming they appreciate more than gold and silver. What about hidden commissions and huge markups? Nick Grovich and his team at AmFed have always had Dennis's back. Nick's been in this industry for over 42 years, and he's established a reputation built on trust, transparency... And fair pricing. If you're interested in buying or selling, call Nick and his team at AmFedCoin Bullion, one dot 221 7694 AmericanFederal.com. AmericanFederal.com.
1: I can't thank you enough because I'll just tell you, Alan Estrin, whom I I, I brought to God and Religion.
2: Among other people.
1: Thank you said the biggest single thing was my dividing between thoughts and actions. It is so liberating. So I had a... I had a... a I didn't have as good a relationship at, uh, in my youth with my parents as I think you did. But it, 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 you're not the issue in this. I'm right. just noting right. this. And... All I I know is, I can face my maker and say, no matter what my feelings or thoughts, I treated them with respect. Because God says, honor your father and mother. He doesn't say, love your father and mother.
2: Yes. And love is more, I mean, of course, love is an action. Love is a verb, but love is a feeling. That's right.
1: It's a thought. Yeah. That's right.
2: I, I, what you just said is kind of made me think that the operating thing here is self-control. Yes. You know, like you, you can more, you have more power to control your actions than your thoughts. It doesn't mean that you don't have power to control your thoughts, but you, you sometimes really can't, you don't have it. You don't have total free will with regard to your thoughts
1: and i don't want to spend the time and effort
2: yes and you it, sh- and it, it's
1: i never want to work out okay let's <laughs> this let's, is true it's a perfect it's a perfect example it is a perfect example and i work out 3 times a week with a trainer who like all trainers has an element of sadism so <laughs> w- w- is it ideal that i wouldn't have those thoughts oh i wish we didn't train today why You see, I like freedom. And one of the greatest limitations on freedom, in my opinion, is on your thought processes.
0: Mm.
1: And I am completely prepared and have been pretty successful in controlling my behavior. And I think that part of my joie de vivre Maybe I'm wrong. This is all theory. Maybe part of my joy of life is that I let my mind go anywhere.
2: Yes, it's almost like take the indulgence a little bit. Don't
1: yes with your thoughts. You know,
2: like okay, go there a little bit, and and if whether it's lust, whether it's resentment, indulge that a little bit, satiate the thirst. To well, act on it. I see Maybe the, if you think it through, I'm sorry to keep, but no, just, no, I just want no, to get no, this please, out. Yeah. Maybe if you think it through, you satiate some of the thirst to act on it. So actually, it's it's better to allow I, I those thoughts. I think that is
1: true. I, I was going to say, we are like a pressure cooker, the yes. human being. You must let the pressure out. And isn't it better to do it in your mind than in your behavior?
2: Absolutely.
1: Because I, I think it, it can implode inside.
2: Now, what's interesting, Dennis, is that – and I know, I know this isn't a revelation to you or, or to me, but we also agree that your thoughts are really important. I mean you write in your happiness book about gratitude. Yes, you can express gratitude, but, but grat- gratitude is more right. – act yes. on gratitude. Well, you can, well, but it yes, doesn't matter. Yes, you can, yeah. you can, but it's much more a feeling. So you, you are one of the biggest proponents of – and so am I, that that your self-talk and your your thoughts do inform your behavior and your disposition. So I want to make that clear to people. It's not that thoughts don't matter. But with regard to bad thoughts, it's inevitable that you're going to have them.
1: Well, let's take gratitude. So it's a good example. I think you can't be good or happy if you're not grateful. Mm -hmm. So grateful is a feeling. On the other hand, If you're grateful and never express it, what's the point? And and yes, and are you really grateful?
2: Mm. Well,
1: how 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 can you be it? And and it's uh, uh, no, your well is a good is a fair question. (laughs) Can, Can I imagine somebody? Let's say they're very grateful to to somebody who has helped them financially. But they never say thank you. They, that they, would be weird. Okay, so they say thank you the, the, right. the very moment they happen. But they, they go on as if nothing happened. I, 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 I'm grateful
2: yeah. for teachers that I've had in my lives. And my
1: lives. But you didn't, you didn't, but you didn't send them a thank you note. I, I, right? I think I probably at the
2: time I did. But now that I'm older, I think, wow, that, that person really made an impression on me. I'm grateful for their presence in my life. But I also did thank them at the time.
1: Well, it, it, the gratitude is a good challenge to me because I do believe that if you feel grateful, you'll be a better person. You're right; you're, it's a good challenge to me because I, I, I generally, I still stand with it. Your behavior is more important than your feelings.
2: Well, well I think there's also a difference. Like you, you want to, you want the good. You want to work on having good thoughts reorient or reorienting your mindset in a more positive way but our discussion I think is a little different it's it's just it's inevitable that you're going to have bad thoughts how do you deal with those
1: right and it's so, different
2: than a way than how you deal with positive thoughts because they're different thoughts
1: so it's an see it's very complex but I want people to understand it is complex right. It,
2: it, it can't be redu- it can't be reduced to an absolute of right.
1: Feel, feelings are sinful. Yes, feelings or are fe- sinful. Right, or, or thoughts are sinful. So when you say bad thoughts, I I got to imagine that if somebody is really thinking a lot about murdering people, it's a bad thing. Right. Okay. I don't think you or I qualify. When I think bad thoughts, I think kids who resent a parent. You know, did I? I, told, I thought I, I told you the story of the guy who called me. Who yes, wanted the his mother. mother to die. Yes,
2: he was caring for his very yes, elderly, sick cared. mother.
1: Right, and he was just tired of it.
2: I think this is really good what you're doing right now. I think we need to to put we we need to specify what bad thoughts are because I don't think the average person, at least I would hope not, thinks about murdering people. Even the worst people that I know. I'm lucky to not know many, but I, I ha- there are two or three people who I know who are just, you know, went to school with who are just I think despicable human beings. I don't think that they think about murder. So let's talk about what are these bad thoughts. That's right.
1: It's important.
2: So the fir- the obvious one, especially from a Christian perspective, is lust.
1: Right. So so let's talk about that.
2: Okay. Then we'll go to some others.
1: Well, what others do you have in mind?
2: Uh, what I said about resenting my parents or a family member, even if they wanting to break the law, not in something as, as awful as a murder way, but maybe, um, steal from, you know, let's say you're at a department store and the lipstick that you want to buy is $10. And you're like, this is a, you know, little lipstick. I don't want to pay $10 Oh, I could just pop it into my purse. That's a bad thought. Um, that's right. Wanting to cheat on a test. Wanting to, uh, li- wanting, lie, so- wanting, wanting to lie, wanting to lie about something. To fail. Well, yes, well, it, that's a big one. That's that is probably the biggest bad thought that people hmm. have. In addition to lust, and we're going to talk about whether lust is a bad thought. But a lot, a lot, a lot of people want others to fail. So, so, th- th- so that's inter- sorry. Yeah. Should that be policed? I, the, by by
1: ourselves obviously.
2: by ourselves I mean I, you I believe you should make an effort to mitigate I do that too. in yourself I do
1: too, oddly but should
2: enough. you right so this isn't I'm glad that we've specified yeah. so you should try to make an effort to mitigate that in yourself but should you feel bad for having the thought in the first place
1: So it, if I have that thought, I do try to get rid of it. Do you ever? Yeah. Wow. I think I do.
2: We, I mean, we all do, of course. Or, or, I do too.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, so this obviously argues against my original point that mm-hmm. it's only—I I never said only actions, but I—I I still stand by. Actions are far, far more important than thoughts. That—that—that that, that I stand by. I would not argue thoughts are unimportant. I just don't. I just don't emphasize them nearly as much as I do behavior. So I'll. So if 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 you don't work to hurt that person's chances of winning, you can just be happy that they fail. You know what? what am I going to say? I don't mean to
2: make this about me, but I I actually have a very.
1: I wanted you to make it's, it, it it's, about you, actually. Oh,
2: I well, thank you. I, I have a experience with this. So I went to an extremely academically rigorous and competitive yes, all girls high school, right. seventh through twelfth grade. So we have the and, and and our entire vocation. Everyone at that school and all the parents. I'm just going to tell you was was about getting into college. It's all we cared about. It's all we thought about. We didn't have social lives, if at all. I mean, barely if at all. And we all wanted to get into college and we knew, we looked around and we knew competition. We were each other's competition for, for admissions. And I remember I was in eighth grade and your, your transcript starts counting ninth through 12th grade uh, for you know, your, your academic transcript colleges. They don't look earlier than ninth grade. And I remember having this conversation with myself over the course of several days slash weeks and I said, Julie, because I'm, I'm competitive. I'm, I'm ambitious. I, I wasn't born with this desire to, to, you know, want, want to see other people fail. But like any competitive and ambitious
1: person, oh, you, you hope that
2: you're succeeding. Yes. And by design, you sort of hope that other people fail. Right. Not, you know, not drastically, but I hope I do better. And it, you get it. So I had these thoughts and I went, Julie, you are going to be utterly miserable for the next four years if you don't hmm. figure a way out of this because there's going to be, I mean, you're going to take tests every day. You're going to have sports competitions every day. People are going to get recruited to college early. People are going to, are the children of legacies that these, you know, you're going to, everywhere you turn, you're going to be reminded of someone's doing better or something and your, your, your head's going to explode. So I said to myself, what am I going to do to make my life less miserable? And I came up with this paradigm and my right hand to God, I internalized it then and I can't say that I've been perfect a hundred percent of the time, but it has guided me through my life and it has made me such a happier, healthier person. I told myself this. Even if, if someone does better than you do, it's your like you can't change that. Don't waste your time ruminating about it. You can't change that they got got, you know, this score or got into this college. It's it's your life. It's not their life. Don't waste your mental energy focusing on that. And also, I came up with a second paradigm. If that person is a good person and did it, you know, worked really hard and did whatever they did honestly, as were many of my classmates, they were really smart, capable girls. I said, Julie, wish them well. Work to wish them well, because if if they did that right. That's a boon for all of us. That's a boon for goodness. If good people do good things in a good way.
1: And get rewarded. And get
2: rewarded. That's a good thing for everyone. And so, I'm almost done. I know I'm going on and on. But basically, thinking thinking your, your bad thoughts through and trying to shift them in another direction can really help.
1: By the way, don't worry about going long. Okay. Uh, I, this is a true tangent, but it's everyone should hear this. The issue in speaking, mm-hmm. I do it for a living, I know this subject well, is not how long or short you speak. Interesting. It's whether you're interesting. That's what people have to understand. M- people much rather hear somebody for a half hour who's interesting than five minutes who's boring. Okay, just, just one second. You're not boring. because And you're not boring because you have something to say that's what constitutes interesting or boring. So I have a perfect example for what you just said. Uh, that I when I follow sports, so I I love the playoff season. It's exciting. So as they near the playoffs, let's uh, let's just say baseball. So there are four teams that are that are qualifying for the last playoff spot. And they all – it so cracks me up because they all say the same thing. Whenever they have a press conference with the manager of the team and they'll go, you know, uh, the – and then they'll mention another. The Tigers, you know, they're they're a half game ahead of you with a, with three games to go. And every manager gives the same answer. We don't pay attention to what they're doing. Mm. We only pay attention to what we're doing. That's what you're saying.
2: Yes, I mean, I will do
1: my best. Absolutely, I I am not preoccupied with whether the other girls in my class you
2: can't, you can't even like you'll go nuts. You'll go nuts, and also, let's say you spend hours and hours thinking about it. You can't change it. You can't transport yourself into their body. You can't take their skills and transfer it to you. And I just remember think this is why it's important to think things through. Because then when I had the instinct to be envious, I went back to the thing I thought through and I go, no, don't, don't be envious right now because it's a waste of your energy because you can't change what the other person has.
1: That's right. No, you got it. That was a, it was a good, it was a good thing. So we were making a list of bad thoughts. Yes. That's okay. Okay.
2: But this, but this, I just want to reiterate, this is the biggest one, I think.
1: What, wishing wishing, Ill, Ill, wishing Ill, yes. Ill for others. So Th- I'm right. sorry
2: to, to beat a dead horse here, but... It's
1: not, a de- sh- it's not dead yet.
2: Should people feel bad for having those thoughts? I think we agree that you should try to mitigate them. But should you feel bad for even having it in the first place? Well, I don't think so.
1: Even that's complex. Because I wish ill upon... Those. people who deserve it. Yes. Yep. I
2: well, I I,
1: I I wish that most candidates of a certain political party lose.
2: See, this is why this is why I love Dennis and Julie and I love the format as great as radio is we'd have to cut to commercial right now. I love being able to have the space That's to right. to yes. go on these tangents. That's a really Should you feel bad for wishing people I mean of failure. course failure failure who desert who who, That's
1: right. who ought to fail who, because if they succeed you feel it will hurt society yes. or or unfairly yes. hurt you.
2: Or even well there are some people who who are again I I mentioned I there are two or three people who I met in my life who I really can say are just awful human beings. If they fail it won't do anything for society or for me. But I sometimes wish that they would fail because there's such rotten people, I don't want to see rotten Right, well, rotten it does something succeed.
1: for ultimate justice. Of
2: course, right. In a cosmic sense, it yes, does something. But in sense. an immediate yeah, right. sense, it doesn't. So should I feel, should I, should I work to wish those people well, despite their rotten core?
1: No. Uh, why would you? I mean, you could wish that they turned their lives right. around. But and I do. That's not the issue. You're not asking that. I just want to make that clear. So the most obvious question, when at least when it comes to men, on sinful thoughts, women are not walking around as sexually preoccupied as men are, and it is impossible. So I have
2: learned. <laughs> well, I, I know that as a woman, but yes, I'm saying I've no, learned no, you
0: just have how learned. Preoccupied no, no.
2: men are.
1: It is a revelation to women. It is. It we really have is. a different brain. That is why one of the many reasons I don't believe in trans. I I don't believe you can become the other sex because becoming the other sex involves a brain change, not just hormonal changes.
2: Gosh, that is so I'm sorry to pause, but that is so true. All the women that I know, I can't think of one that has like a male, I know it sounds stupid to say and obvious, but a male brain. Like we all we all get exactly. a little bit emotional, We're, we also are very empathetic a lot of us are very empathetic there these patterns don't mean nothing (laughs) of course these patterns exist for a reason
1: they had women i've said this but it's worth repeating because it 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 was revel it was as revelatory to me about women as what i have explained to you about men and their sexual brain
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives. He created the Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for all of us. Mike's latest deal is the sale of the year. For a limited time, you'll receive 60% off of the Giza Dream sheets that come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. You'll also receive a set for for as low as $39.99. For a limited time with any purchase, you will receive Mike's soft cover book free when you use the promo code hartman go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use the promo code hartman along with this deal you will also get deep discounts on all my pillow products including the my pillow mattress topper my pillow towel sets and more call 1-800-566-6745 and use the promo code hartman or go to mypillow.com and use the promo code hartman
1: so they had women sit alone college students hours in a room right i, I don't I, I wish i could find this study on the internet if somebody knows where it is i'll i'll i will call them up with thank with a thank you and they had, so guys would sit alone not with each other alone for hours and then they asked the men what did you think about when you were alone for hours in a room what the women what did you think about the men said sex and sports And the women, so the men didn't interest me, because what what are they going to think about Shakespeare? So (laughs) the women, I had no idea. I knew it wasn't sex and sports. I, I knew what women don't think about, but I didn't know what women do think about. And their answer, which was revelatory, and I immediately realized it was accurate, they review conversation.
2: Totally, totally accurate. All the time, I, I do. I do it constantly.
1: And we almost—if a guy does it, it's so rare. I don't. I've never met a man who does that. There may be. There's no such thing as never. You in do life. that,
2: but, but but I mean, you've called me and you say I've been thinking about
1: something you know, this, we something said. That we, yes, because it's no,
2: but something I like a personal issue or or a conversation that we had about okay, religion. Or yeah, something. but 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 that's because you're uh, thoughtful and.
1: And I care about you, right? I, it's, but well, sh- that
2: well—that's actually not an insignificant point because women, like, I will replay a conversation I had with the cashier at Ralph's.
1: That's fascinating.
2: I, I will. That
1: is fascinating.
2: And I'll go. Oh gosh, when I, you know, said this, uh, have a good day, and it was nighttime. I'm so I'm so stupid. <laughs> that's <laughs> precious. It's true.
1: So I'll be very very open in what I'm about to say because it's because it's a funny line and I can be funny and open with my wife as you know sometimes I will just driving in the car and I will just out of nowhere say to her you know Sue the first thing on my mind is the last on yours and it's,
2: it's literally true literally
1: <laughs> true Women, women don't know this about men. They Women much more than men. This is the interesting thing because we think men are dense on micro subjects. But I think men know women a little better than women know men because not because of an advantage of, of a male brain but because our brain is so different from yours that you you can't imagine how sexually preoccupied it is you can't because yours isn't. Thank God, by the way, if it were, nothing would be accomplished in this world. <laughs> Nobody would raise children. They'd be too busy having intercourse. Life wouldn't go on. It's a it's a beautiful... It's not easy, but it's a beautiful balance act between the male and the female. And by the way, a woman wants a man of sexual energy.
2: Yes. So
1: I want to make that clear.
2: And it's... To... Sometimes I try to knowing that I can't obviously but I try to act like I'm god creating the world and I and I'll try to think well why did he create it this way and the male sexual urge and by the way it's not that women don't want or enjoy sex Nobody obviously no one is saying, no that, one but is saying yes. that but you know men would have it anytime any anywhere Ooh. any Exactly. With, women
1: with anyone,
2: with anyone, and women. That's exactly. the key. That, that is the key. I'm glad that you added that. But think about it from God's perspective. He need it, 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 it's of a, a a what is it, natalist purpose, a, a procreation purpose to have one sex that's kind of you know overwhelming. And it, it, you're right; it would not work if it were both. That's right. It would not, and it wouldn't work if one was super and the other was was you know never wanted to have intercourse. So. But but still, I just want to make the point that because I've wondered why did men why did God sprinkle in more sexual urge to men than women? There's a there's a utilitarian well, yes. purpose. I
1: will I will say though, my father, who spoke about sexual subjects as openly as he did about any, anything else, and I I got that trait from him. So my father would sit at the Sabbath table, which was particularly odd. He was an Orthodox Jew. So you, you don't, this was even in non-religious families, he was a rare breed being so open about sexual matters at the, at the family table. But he would often say, cause he was, he had a very loving relationship with God, much more so than I do. And I don't dislike God, but I don't love him as much as my father did. And he would talk to, my father would talk to God every night when he went to bed. It was part of his, it was, it was life. So he said, "Dennis, there's one question I have for God: Why did you make the male sex drive as strong as you did?" And any thoughtful man understands my father's question. So while I, I'm totally in agreement with you. I hear you. If if it was a little less powerful, we'd still have children.
2: <laughs> right.
1: So, it, yeah.
2: B- back to the the reason why this has come up, and that's the bad thoughts, lust, wanting another woman while you have a woman is a again I I don't know because I'm not a man, but I'm hearing from you, it's a common male thought.
1: Yes. And, and so
2: the question is, should men feel bad about that? Right. And, and my, should my women feel is, bad that their husbands, right. boyfriends Correct. And, have that?
1: And I think no on both. And that's what gets me in trouble with a lot of people. A lot of women who are not even religious and a lot of religious men and women who, especially Christians, who have taken Matthew, I think it's 19, but I'm not sure, the chapter, uh, you... That whoever lusts after another woman has committed adultery with his heart. The problem is, one problem is, he didn't say he didn't say lust. He said covets, mm. and I agree with him.
2: So why he, is it adultery with your heart to want to take away? Take away? Yes,
1: because you're prohibited. That you. By the way. I just want to make the point. It should be obvious. Adultery with the heart is not the same as adultery with the penis, okay? Let's be very clear about that. Otherwise, we make religion look silly, okay? Adultery with the heart is not the same as adultery with the body. Uh, 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 otherwise, everything loses meaning. Is stealing with the heart the same as stealing uh, uh, with a gun at a teller? Uh, it, it's. This is very troubling to me. So uh, he said covet because he was re- echoing the 10th commandment. Is, and lust and coveting are not the same. You can covet the guy's car. Nobody l- wants to have sexual intercourse with a car. <laughs> okay? So it, it's, it's, it's important. The reason that I am not troubled as much as religious people, and it's not just Christians, it's mostly Christians, but there are Orthodox Jews, certainly in a right-wing Orthodoxy, who would uh, feel very similarly and speak very similarly, is when you suppress that part of your nature, speaking now to males in particular, that you can't even think it, I think you I think you, you pay a, a price. I may be wrong, but that's that's what I think. And yeah. and I as I said, I love I love to have a free mind. A man who has a has a an erotic response to women. A married man. We'll talk a married man, and then I want to get to unmarried men because it poses an interesting question. But a married man, he has an erotic response, and I, as I did my proudest video of my sixty videos at PragerU, is he wants you?
2: Oh, it's a good one. It's a
1: it's 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 a five minute course on men and women, especially on men. The unless you really believe that almost unless you really believe that it's almost inevitably going to lead to sin, creating a world where men cannot think erotic thoughts I had it when I was 20 I went to Morocco for two weeks women were all covered up
2: for that very purpose for that of very purpose not wanting to arouse a man
1: I didn't feel holier I didn't feel happier I didn't feel anything good I felt I because I, I monitor me
2: you probably felt dragged down and yes, less I've, energetic I've, yes yeah interesting
1: also is there i'd be very curious is there less rape in in morocco than in denmark mm. that would be very interesting there's no pornography and you can't see women
2: i i mean there's a we know there's a lot of rape in the middle east yes a lot a lot of rape
1: right i mean it, this was a big part of isis
2: it, oh oh yes and and also i mean it's it's not PC to note, but it's important to note that in a place like Iran, it's built into the law that you have an advantage if you're a man raping a woman because a, a woman needs two male witnesses right. to corroborate who her that? who has that? So there's the legal aspect of that's in the that I I I,
1: my 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 statement is men control your behavior and have a nice day. So that's my that's my thing.
2: So let's go from the from the female perspective because I can tell you, and I know I speak for all women, (laughs) when I say that you know, would I prefer my boyfriend or husband to not lust after another woman? Of course, doesn't feel good. You you can't help but take it personally a little bit.
1: You can't help until until you know male nature.
2: And you're right until you know. This is also kind of funny because we're. It's the thought discussion, but you you have to understand that some thoughts are inevitable and they're uncomfortable and, and you may want them to be different, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they're bad. And even if they are bad, my idea is like I can't, I can't change it. It's sort of like the the girl I envy at my school. I can't change it. I can't change that. That's part of male nature. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to fret about it? Of course, I mean, again, if if a guy acts on it, but that's that's bad. I don't condone right. that.
1: Or I, I will go further. If a guy is with you at, at a restaurant and he spends half the time looking at the women right. walking oh. in, he's a schmuck. He is a schmuck. End of issue. But that's behavior. But, but if he notices them and you notice that he notices them and then returns to you.
2: So do you, do you think as a guy – because there could be an argument that as a guy, if you allow the lustful thoughts, then you are inevitably going to be obsessing and thinking so much about other women who, who is not your own. As I, I, can't, I can't speak to it, obviously. As a male – who allows those lustful thoughts and you're also, I mean, you're, I know how much you love your wife and how committed you are to her. I mean, it's, it's obvious in the way you speak. It's obvious in your action. It's just, it's, I know it. So is it, is it more likely that you'll not appreciate the woman you have if you allow yourself to think about all the women that you could have? That's
1: why people have to watch my video. He wants you. So I have a great scene there. You know, it's all illustrated. It's not, with real people, and the guy who is at the beach because I I got the idea for the the course or the the video from a I think a Daily Mail piece that couples that have vacations, even honeymoons, at a beach resort have more attention.
2: Oh yes,
1: isn't that interesting? Oh,
2: that I I did read that once. Yes, That's so funny. that that yeah.
1: is what gave me the idea. So. My
2: honeymoon's going to be in Antarctica.
1: (laughs) Exactly. During the winter. Iceland. (laughs) Right. So this is really a very important little point. Women are walking around almost naked. By the way, I'm going to say something that is revelatory to most women. In the male brain, not the male mind, more primitive. In the male brain, the more female skin he sees the more the brain thinks she wants sex. It means I'm available. That's what it means to to the male, not the male mind. Any male who thinks, (laughs) rationally knows it doesn't mean that. But the male brain, which governs the the psychological and psychosexual response, that's what it means.
2: So do you... If you obsess about, you know, and you, you allow yourself to lust after other women, are you less committed and appreciative of the woman you do have?
1: So that that's, so I had a sexologist, a sex therapist on my radio show many years ago. It's a very intelligent woman. So she said, this is what ideally couples should do. During the course of the day, the guy is aroused any given number of times. If, if not aroused... Enchanted. I don't care what word you use, and let him take that energy and apply it to his wife, to his woman, to his girlfriend, whatever, whatever term you want to use. And and that that was that was I thought a sober piece of advice. The only other choice is not to go to the beach, which, by the way, Orthodox Jews don't. They 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 they. I have, I have spoken at Orthodox Jewish retreats and they, uh, they have mixed hours for some and they have only male hours and only female hours for those who want to have, to not want to have to confront seeing so much skin. And I, I, don't, I don't knock it. Uh, I, I have respect. There are many ways to lead a good life. Very open to that fact. There is no perfect answer to this to the problem of male sexual nature. That that's what people have to. Understand. The the perfect answer is essentially act like a good man. That's the closest to a perfect answer. Not always think like a like a uh, like like a uh, perfect man.
2: And there's this feedback loop too that we haven't acknowledged when you act better, you th- I think that's you right. think better
1: yes that's correct
2: you and I know you say and it's absolutely true that self-control is is more important than self-esteem but but the the irony about that or the, the fun thing about it is that when you when you exercise self-control you gain self-esteem to continue exercising the self-control that's right. And so you, I think it was Aristotle who said that the way that you become the person you want to be is to be that person. I know that sounds obvious, but if you, you know, men who say, I, I really want to be a husband and father, go get married and have kids. Stop preparing yourself mentally for what you think you want to be. Go, go out and do it. If you want to be courageous, put yourself in positions where you will have to act brave. It's, it's, it's kind of the same thing with, with, with thoughts and actions. If you want to get rid of your bad thoughts, if you want to do good, behave in a good way. And that will have a feedback loop that you may not expect, but will be very beneficial. Don't miss the most inspirational movie of the summer. Briarcliff's entertainment's The Hill, starring Dennis Quaid, in theaters Friday, August 25th. The true life story of professional baseball player Ricky Hill. Growing up poor in small-town Texas, young Ricky discovers his extraordinary ability for hitting a baseball. But with leg braces and a degenerative spinal disease, the major leagues were just a dream that could never be. Courageously, he risks it all. Defying his father's wish to follow in his footsteps to become a pastor, Ricky tries out for the major league scout pushing hard to overcome his disability he goes on to become a baseball phenomenon some dreams are unbreakable the hill starring dennis quaid colin ford and scott glenn the true inspirational story about family faith and a baseball miracle don't miss the hill rated pg in theaters friday august 25th get your tickets now
1: it's close to inconceivable it's not inconceivable because almost nothing is. It's close to inconceivable that I would commit adultery. I can say. I that I believe that. Yeah. I, no, I, no, I'm not bragging. I know, but I'm just telling uh, it, you. It, and yet, I know I my see mind is her. very alive uh, sexually.
2: Do you have to like again? I, I commend you right now for being so
1: so open with. The reason I'm open is to help people. Yes. That's the only reason. People don't want to talk about it. Do you
2: have to orient yourself a lot and go, okay, I may, you know, I'm lusting after these other women. I think they're beautiful, et cetera, but I love my. Do you you see what I mean? Do you kind of have to
1: coach yourself to. It's so clear that I'm not going to do anything with them.
2: Well, it's because you understand your nature. You're not in turmoil about your nature. You understand this is part of my, you know, this is my male nature. Okay, got that.
1: Right. But. Yes.
2: Look at this prize I've I have. I've sort
1: of made peace with it and so right. is my wife who is now a co-conspirator in my male nature which is so relaxing for a husband where you most husbands hide their natures from their wives and that is a very sad thing for me and it's usually the wife's fault because he is afraid of how she will react if he opens up.
2: Well, it's, yes, it's the wife's fault. But also the man, apropos of your definition of masculinity, should needs up. to not be afraid of his I, wife.
1: So, I, yeah, I take it back. It's both their faults. That's correct. I really do take it back. It By wife's fault, I meant his fear of his wife. But... Uh, or she may have made it clear. Uh, but... I know from all these years on the radio with the male-female Aaron talking about this, a healthy, mature woman is happy to find out about this. Not in the beginning. When a woman first learns what men's sexual nature is, they want to cry. They want to hide. <laughs> I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. But over time, you when you realize... He and his nature are not the same thing.
2: So what distinguishes, to bring this back to the thoughts, the bad thoughts, um, general discussion, why, why should a man and his spouse not feel bad when a man has lustful thoughts, but you should feel bad if you wish others to fail, even if you don't act on it? I just want to, on principle, create a distinction. Or want to steal the lipstick from the store.
1: For whatever reason... Okay, I'll give give you... Okay, I was going to say, I want to finish that thought. So, for whatever reason, I do think sex is in a unique category. Okay, which we could talk about another time. But... There's another reason. It is never right to want others to fail unless they're bad people, and if they fail, it helps society. But what about lust? Is it always wrong? I asked this of one of the leading Christian theologians of our time. I won't say his name only because I don't want him to get in... I don't think think he'll get in trouble, but he's major, major, and I adore him. We had a dialogue at the seminary where Christian seminary where he teaches so we talked about this and I said let me ask you something what if a single man lusts after a single woman has he committed adultery with his heart it's not possible two singles cannot commit adultery so if lust is always wrong it should be irrelevant the marital status of the two people the guy's lusting. Lust is not I don't not know over, if I so. agree with that. Why?
2: Because I think it's clear that at least the way that, for instance, what is it, the Matthew? Yeah. Um, a man who commits adultery with his... What, what, can who you was lusted
1: it? after a woman has committed adultery with his heart.
2: Oh, well, I thought it had to... I thought impl- I thought it was given in that line that the person was married or. That's with right. Someone. It is so. I'm asking. It is so. Another other I word, think it's You oh, no, no.
1: You asked me. Uh, uh, we got to get back. You asked me, what's the difference between wishing others ill, as a thought, which Dennis, you don't think people should have, and lust? Okay. And I'm answering. If lust, a lust think it, thought is wrong, it's only wrong if one of the two of you are married.
2: Right, I think. Well, yeah,
1: but there's no condition under which wishing others ill is, is noble, is okay. Forget noble. Is okay.
2: I see. Okay, I see. Sometimes the okay, I got it. So sometimes lust the lust in and is permissible. Itself. I see. Yes, I, I and
1: know. you should lust after your own wife. Hmm.
2: So, well, so, sorry to get so technical, but there is you, you. You even said it a few moments ago. There is a condition under which it is permissible to wish others to fail if they deserve it.
1: That's right. So when? So is maybe it permisi- it's not bad. Maybe it, it's wait, not wait, bad When some... is it permissible to commit adultery? No, to lust. No, no, okay, that's not the same thing. No, it we- is because
2: yeah. we're th- we're focusing on thoughts. Yes.
1: Okay. So when is lust permissible? Like wishing bad people to fail? When is lust permissible? Give me the.
2: When you're single.
1: Okay, fine.
2: And I – and I because you've convinced me, I don't – it's not desirable, but I don't think it's awful if you are in a relationship and you lust. I think it's just natural. But putting that aside, lust can be permissible when you're – to your point, when you're single and you want someone, but maybe you shouldn't be as permissible when you're married. It's the same thing with, with wishing others to fail. It, it's, it's not okay when you're wishing it on – good people or but it but it can be okay and even actually it might be beneficial imagine if i want to finish my thought and then i'll expand it, it it's permissible when you wish others to fail because they deserve it and just as lust exercised r- rightly has a utility that is getting two single people together wishing bad people failure has a utility Imagine if you didn't wish that bad people failed. You wouldn't want to fight evil. You wouldn't you you would just be morally neutral with all the rotten things right. that people do.
1: So let me ask you a question. Your question is perfectly legitimate. And I don't have a perfect answer. So let me ask you a question. Would you rather be married to a man who had lustful feelings at the beach who loved you who, who lusted after you but had lustful feelings in the beach or a man who wished good people failure.
2: Oh, I mean... There's
1: no comparison. There's no comparison. Okay, that's my point. I said sex was different. That's mm. what you're saying.
2: I hear you. I agree. I, I'm just trying to, to figure out... Yeah, no, I, I I hear you. I I, I think is, it's right that is sex is different. Is it bad
1: for overweight people or or uh, or diabetics to eat the desserts? To eat a lot of desserts, let's say a lot of candy, a lot of desserts. Yes. So, does it trouble you? I would I mean, I'm not just asking you. Anybody thinking about this? Does it trouble you if if a diabetic lusts after dessert but doesn't eat it? No, right, of course not okay, so but it would be a bad thing if a diabetic had a lot of desserts, so really bad, it could kill them and and the people who love them would would mourn the the premature death of a loved one, so I'm only making the case again once again, the distinction between behavior and thought mm-hmm. and i i I would compare. The the lusting for dessert with the lusting for a body. They're, uh, they're not identical, but if nothing is done... Now, if all a person does, a diabetic, is luxuriate in thoughts about dessert, <laughs> we don't have a healthy human being. If all a man does is that, we don't have a healthy man, obviously. Right. But I have to admit that boys are influenced by their fathers whether they like it or not my father to the best of my knowledge loved and was faithful to my mother for 72 73 years that's beyond belief when you think about it he he adored her he was attracted to her till she died at 89 and she was a good-looking woman really good-looking woman even in her 80s uh, but he was so open. Look, as I've told him, it drives a lot of people nuts. He got Playboy magazine, not in a brown paper bag. He had a subscription, and that taught me: Wow, you could, you could, if you if you control yourself. This is part of being a man. And, and of course, Playboy in those days was so innocent.
2: No, to right. Two, wouldn't the, we all love if our yes, men were looking at Playboy? Playboy. I,
1: I agree. God. I agree. Yeah, well, it wasn't even full nude when I was a kid.
2: Maybe this is what's happened where Playboy, you know, it, men are, you know, were made to feel so bad about looking at Playboy and then now it's spiraled into. Yeah, well,
1: this, the spiraling is, is, a, is a real problem. Obviously. Oh God! And,
2: it uh, is so uh, bad right now. I mean, yes, we could do a uh, whole conversation look, about.
1: As I've said on many occasions, if all porn disappeared, I would be a happy man. But if all porn disappeared, men would still lust. That's what people right. need to understand. There's a movie. Um, oh God! Something about Mary. I think that's the name. I think, but there's a. It's a pretty famous movie, and the guy is uh, amusing himself. To a bra ad in the Los Angeles Times, and every single male understands that you don't need porn; you just need an image, even in your well, brain I, of a woman.
2: I understand what you're saying, but now a lot of guys they they do need porn because they train their okay. brains if to get true, so used to this.
1: The, this is frightening.
2: It it's true. I agree
1: with you. Okay, that's correct.
2: But I – this was really interesting on many levels, but especially this idea that some bad thoughts can actually – are not all bad. Lust, wishing others to fail, you know, if it's Mm -hmm. directed correctly. I'm trying to – I'm trying to insert – is that true of other bad thoughts? I don't think it's ever a good thing to wish to steal from a store. That that right. can't that I don't see how that can be turned in a way that's good.
1: Yeah, your family is starving to death for, and and you're next okay. to a bread store. I mean, but it's well, it, it Doesn't happen. Well,
2: but that's that's not. In, you know, there are some urges within us that even the bad urges might have their utility sometimes.
1: Yeah, but generally speaking, we know what's a sin right. and what isn't. So, I, but I, I know it's time. Time for us to say goodbye but the this discussion needs to be had the the, the concept of the sinful thought versus the sinful action M- my bottom line is that if clergy spent 85% of their time teaching people to control their behavior They would produce much better people than if they spent 85% of their time teaching people to control their thoughts. Oh, yes. And that's what I'm interested in, good people, people controlling their behavior. If what I said is true, that's a big challenge to a lot of clergy. How much time do you spend on sinful thought versus sinful behavior? And finally, just for the record again, I wish all porn disappeared.
2: Boy, do I second that.
1: <laughs> yep. Life is messy, and I've never yearned therefore for utopia.
2: And Ut- you, to your great credit, you really don't shy away from the the messy.
1: Right, Even when, correct. you know,
2: I I made at, this at great
1: personal price, at
2: great personal price. And I made uh, for for those who maybe don't understand, you know, Dennis has there's been this pornography controversy about some comments Dennis has made about pornography. It's it's which um, really
1: weren't about right, pornography. Right. They, were, ironically,
2: Anyway, that that's sort of what by the way, to. now
1: that people, uh, as you mentioned, that they should see my video with Charlie Kirk. On the issue. And Marissa Stripe. And Marissa Stripe,
2: But I was at PragerU recently, which we could do a whole episode on PragerU and how utopian it is.
1: Yes, it's close.
2: (laughs) So utopian. And uh, someone someone said to me, how's Dennis doing? I said, oh, he's great. You know, he's always great. And you've worked on always, you know, having good temperament. And the guy asking me said, well, you know, I really admire him because he's, you know, he gets so much flack for stuff that he says. And, you know, now there's this pornography controversy. And I said this line, which I wanted to repeat to you. And here I am. I said, well, Dennis does not shy away from the uncomfortable, even sometimes when we may want him to. And they, and the people in the room laughed, but that's you. And I, and I deeply admire that. It's not, I mean, I can tell you just having this, preliminary conversation it is not easy to talk to even say the words that we say porn you know it's not it's not comfortable it's not comfortable seeing a snippet of yourself on the internet talking about these very personal messy issues but but we have people with good values have a responsibility to talk about these things because so many people with with bad values talk about it and create this cultural malaise that we're in. So I just want to say I commend you and I recognize the sacrifice and we are all better off for it because you go there.
1: You understand.
2: But it's 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 hard. Thank you. All right. How can people reach me?
1: By visiting your home? The wrong answer.
2: I don't want I don't want strangers visiting my home. <laughs> I don't. Just just for the record.
1: Julie at Julie Hartman.com. I'm
2: impressed. I truly am uh,
1: every time I answer, no, you say I know. you're impressed.
2: Well, wow. I know your nature. And I know that you have to battle remembering names right, and emails true. and websites. You can also follow me at Julie R. Hartman on Instagram and Twitter, and you can follow follow Dennis on Instagram. Smile and nod Dennis. At the Dennis Prager. Really? Oh my gosh. Every time.
1: What is it? What is, appears oh. at the Dennis Prager? What's there?
2: Dennis, I adore you more than anything. I think this is the fifth episode when this has happened, and I will say the Dennis Prager, and you will have this reaction.
1: I you believe not, you. Do you
2: genuinely not remember the other times?
1: I genuinely do not. Except, and I'm embarrassed, by the way. I'm not proud of it. Don't be.
2: It's funny. I, think I, it's I funny.
1: just what happens at the Dennis Prager on Instagram?
2: They take clips from your radio show and they post them. Oh, and they good. Prager you on Instagram.
1: He says, I may be the (laughs) only person on the planet not to visit his own Instagram page.
2: I love that. I I really do. I think that's funny. He's right. So, yes, you can follow Dennis at the Dennis Prager. Now, I'm going to get him on his Instagram page. Yep. We'll work on it. Shalom, everyone. Thank you for being here. Dennis and Julie every Monday on this YouTube channel.